Real JP Multimedia, proud sponsor of the Nerdball Podcast. Here to help you with all things audio, video, graphics, photo, web design. From weddings to real estate, commercial business to private use, we offer a big variety of services for almost any budget. And if we can't do it, we will find someone who can. Find us at realjp.com. That's R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Real JP Multimedia. This is Kurt Wells, and you're listening to the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. How's it going, man? Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's going pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I've been wondering when you were going to have me on. <laughs> uh, uh, everything's been going good, man. I just saw you a few weeks ago at your Hall of Fame induction. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, everything's going pretty well. I mean, things are a lot different nowadays with a child, but yeah. other than that, things are going really good, I would say. Good, good. Uh, the first thing I always ask everybody uh, is what is something you've been nerding out about lately? Something you're super into? Something, you know, TV show, movies, uh, hobby, something that you've been into? It could be something you've been into your whole life or something you just started. And it has to be nerdy? No, it could be whatever whatever you want it to be. Just something something that gets you away from your job, really. Well, I was, I've always been, I always have liked puzzling. Okay. I haven't been focused on it lately, but I love doing puzzles. Like a particular type of, just this particular type of puzzle. It's funny. I was uh, a part-time job, but I I still work out here. You know, I'll work it and then I'll take some time off and then I'll go back to it because my friends basically run the company. So you just remove junk from people's homes. And I came across the puzzle and one job and it was the city of Pittsburgh, but like a cartoon drawing of it Uh and like a character drawing of it. And I put it together. And I really liked the puzzle. And then I just started like buying these puzzles off eBay of like different cities. So I, I have like 20 of these puzzles. I probably only, I mean, I've probably done like eight or nine of them. I just like, I'm so hesitant to like open the brand new box and start the puzzle. Cause I don't, I don't know why, but I love those puzzles. So what, uh, that would be, I, is that something you've that always, is that something you've always been into? Like, or is it just like a, because you found a puzzle when you were working? It would probably be more because I found the puzzle when I was working. Like, surely I did puzzles as a kid, but not like once I found that puzzle, it was like I was doing puzzles like crazy. Yeah. Now, since having a kid, it's kind of taken a back seat. But, you know, Kelly used to help me work on them, and it was a good time. What do you do Hopefully with them? we can get back into it. What do you do with them when you're put done? Them right back, put them back in the box. <laughs> That's uh, that. Uh, when I was younger, we would do puzzles, me and my and my dad or, or my brother and sisters. And then a, a few of them, my dad would get a big piece of cardboard and we would glue the puzzle on the cardboard and then mod podge over it. So it like seals it all together and then he'd frame it and hang it up. You know, I had this like grand idea because like I said, it's like these city puzzles. Mm-hmm. So like I have all these cities like Pittsburgh, D.C., Los Angeles, you know, United, it's like United States geography. I had this like grand idea to like, trying to make like a United States map with these puzzles and then use it as like a place where like Kelly and I have traveled to and like, yeah. put you know, memories on it. But I just always end up putting the puzzles back in the boxes. I, I had I one that... friend who, I had one friend out here who, who puzzles. He used to, he would complete them, but he'd buy the clear, like moving box storage, like tape, like the masking tape. And he would just start wrapping the puzzle in the tape. And he, I remember he just pulled like 20 puzzles out from under his couch, all wrapped in the clear masking tape one time. So that's another option to the cardboard. I, that is a good idea. I like about you traveling because it's, uh, I, I think it's, it, it'd be cool, especially cause you said, you said Kelly would help you do it. Your wife. And like, I, I imagine like you saying that, I imagine you guys like doing this, this puzzle and then like talking about like going there or doing these things there at that city or whatever. And then at some point to be able to actually like do it as you talked about it. i think that's pretty cool yeah but only problem is that the puzzles are kind of big and i don't think this garage has enough wall space so that's the only place i could do it and we don't travel enough obviously anymore with having a nine-month-old son yeah so. well yeah that, that'll happen man that'll happen that, that's cool though i i like that's one of the 
more unique ones. Like I haven't had uh, anybody talk about puzzles at all. Um, that's pretty cool though. Cause it is, I like people when they get into hobbies, like later on, I mean, it's cool. Like I've had this thing since I've done since I'm eight and I've done all these things, but you, this is a re- more recent one. And it's something you, you, you can still do because you have all these puzzles in the box. And when you're done, you put them back in the box anyway, so you can redo them, you know, but I think, I think it's cool to find something, you know, as you, as you get older, as we get older. Yeah, most definitely. Cause yeah. I mean, I can only, uh, and we play video games for so long. I mean, I still play video games, but you kind of get burnt out on the, on video games. So, what uh, what what's your what's the system you have now? Have you bought anything new? <laughs> the, the the newest system I have is the Xbox 360. <laughs> and I don't even play that. I don't even play that. I play a uh, I play PlayStation Two still. Two NCAA Football 09. The 09. Pretty much. A, yeah, the last one they made for. Uh, for the PS2, I believe. Okay. So that's the one I play. I have college football for the 360. The last year they made it, 2014. But I was never really into the gameplay on the 360. And recruiting got, like, so complex that it kind of, like, turned me off. And, and Trey and I have had conversations about 2014 NCAA football. But I'm going to stick to how I feel about the game, and Trey can have his opinion on it. So That's fine. I, I do agree it uh... – I also have a Xbox 360, but now because my son's older, we have a Xbox uh, Series S and a Nintendo Switch. So I've, I've had to move up, um, but I do agree that it did get very complex, but I, I like it. Like, I, I understand why people don't like it, but I, I like that part of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if I like devoted the time, like the hours it would take to really become an established recruiter in 2014 NCAA football. I could do it, but for now, I'd like the simplicity of 09. You can, it's only like, you only get to pick like six or seven pitches you can throw to a recruit and it's simple. Five weeks after the season's over, done. Yeah. Simulate another season to get right back to it because that's the best part of the game. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Uh, I have simulated my fair share of recruiting. Um, especially when, when there, there's some days I feel like doing it and some days I don't, but you're right. It's what I do like about 14 is you can be, uh, an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. I mean, I don't know anybody I've ever known who was a defensive coordinator, (laughs) but you could be those things and then, and then get hired, you know, at other jobs. I like that part of it. Yeah, that is cool. It's, I mean, it's, it is a great video game franchise now. I'm looking forward to when they bring it back, supposedly in 2024 now. It was supposed to be this year. At which point in time, I'll probably get an updated system, hopefully. I have to figure that out. But. Yeah, we all have to ask, ask our wives about that kind of stuff. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, want to, I didn't want to say it, but... Oh, I get thanks it. Thanks for... <laughs> Dude, I, I remember getting... Uh, it had to... I don't know what it was. Maybe, maybe it was a new game for the 360 or something. And I, I went out shopping like real late at night and I started to come home and set stuff up. Andrea's like sleeping. Mateo's a baby. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I just got this. I'm excited to play this thing. (laughs) (laughs) They'll never understand. Remember when you got the PS2, it was like uh, a junior year of high school when that came out and you got PS2 and GTA with like the game that I don't know if it came with it. We we sat there and we probably played that game at your house for like three days straight on Christmas break. You, me, and Erwin and whoever else. Dude, those those is, I mean, I love video games. We've been playing video games since you know since we we were able to hold a hold a joystick. But the the best part of it, like I remember those days, like we were just playing it or staying up, never going to sleep, eating food, whatever in the basement. I remember when I was one time when I was in like sixth grade, um, and on uh, pokemon snap came out on on n64 and me and my buddies were up you know sixth grade buddies were just eating all this junk food and drinking pops not even sleeping and all we were doing is taking pictures of pokemon on this game (laughs) you weren't even playing the game you were just taking pictures that is the game (laughs) you just you just take pictures (laughs) i never i never had a 64 growing up i have one now with all my systems so i don't I don't understand the uh, the Pokemon craze. It, not the video game, the cards whatsoever. So 
dude, that is that is my jam, and it's even better because Mateo's into it, so it makes all that better. So, so Pokemon Snap was a game you just ah. took pictures of Pokemon, and it came out again, uh, I think last year for Nintendo Switch, and Mateo got it. And it's you do a lot more now. I mean, you still take pictures, but you like you like have to do these certain things in certain sequences or throw fruit at these at these Pokemon to get them to do special things or whatever. So there's more, it's more evolved, but, um, all that stuff, man, cards. I just bought a Funko pop, a Pikachu Funko pop the other day, you know? So I'm, uh, that's my first Funko pop I ever bought, but it's, I love, I love it, man. It's, it's uh, something I've been into since I was 13. Well, that's, that's great. You can share it with Mateo too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm I don't, sorry. I'm sorry. I have no frame of reference on the Pokemon stuff, but, no, you're good, man. You're playing baseball. I get it. <laughs> I did other stuff too. I know. I'm just messing with you. We'll get it. We'll get to that stuff. Um, yeah, it is. It, that's the coolest thing. So, like now, you said you have a nine month old, and I remember when Mateo was young, before he could do anything, and just like thinking of like, all right, what's he gonna do, or, or what what am I gonna try to get him into, or or you know what is he gonna like my teams because he better, or you know all these things like. You're just like waiting for that time when, when like all these the different steps, you know, that you can, you can hook up your, your son. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to get there too fast. Oh, for sure. I, I, I like, I enjoyed this, the stage we're at now with him. So I don't want to rush into, I mean, I was a point in time where I was like, I can't wait till he's like five, but now I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'll put him to bed at night. I'm like, Oh, this is so great. Like don't get older, but, but I do. I do wonder what he's going to be into, and I hope we have similar interests. So, I think it's just natural to have some similar interests, and there's some things that Mateo likes that, I, you know, it's very few for with him um, because he's – I think part of it is because I'm a coach, so he's super into sports. He's way more into sports than I think – than I was for sure just because of the access. Like, he can go on YouTube, and every Monday morning before he goes to school – if the Cowboys had a late game where it wasn't on TV, he'll go, he'll YouTube the highlights and watch the, all the highlights and, and YouTube does a good job of, of have a nice highlight package, but he does it all the time. We always talk about, you know, the Spurs are horrible this year, but he goes, dad, did you see the Spurs beat the nuggets the other day? I'm like, yeah. He goes, "How?" Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's so cool. I can't <laughs> wait for those conversations. I know. I don't ever recall like, my dad and I have conversations like that as a kid, although my, obviously my dad's a huge Buckeyes fan. And I, I, I listened to your couple of your cat podcasts where you're making fun of me about my Ohio state fandom, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't, uh, I don't ever recall like having those conversations with my dad, like deep in-depth conversations about sports or younger, but he always liked the Browns and the Buckeyes and I kind of just followed suit. So. That was that was uh my relationship too. My I mean my dad and I we would talk about it, but again, I think I think the access, like as a 10-year-old, I wasn't gonna read the newspaper, but I was gonna scan the box scores, you know, and, and I think we'd talk about it, but because there is so much access, he as the kid have has more information that he can ask about. I didn't have a lot of information, but my dad would set the radio up and we would listen to to Indians at the time, Indians ra- radio while we were playing basketball. Um, we would always, the Spurs were never on TV because we lived in Ohio when, when I was younger, but we'd always watch Cowboy games. I mean, he, my dad took us to eight Indians games every year. We had a stand in line in November to buy tickets for the next year because they were always good and, and they sold out. So he, we, he was yeah. super involved in like sports and he coached my baseball team and he was always there, but, but you're right. I think, I think it's just the information and that's what kind of didn't lead into those conversations, but just like your dad, like that fandom just, uh, gets absorbed into you because you're around it so much, and your dad's not going to put any other game on besides Ohio State on Saturday, so you're you're going to watch it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, nowadays, so, though, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say nowadays, there's so much, so much football on, so mm-hmm. much sports on. You can get access to anything, so yeah, it's wild. Yeah, you just gotta pay for it i told I, I told mateo if the spurs are ever good again i would buy nba league pass so we could watch more of their games yeah well i mean how long have they been abysmal for i mean th- for? this is the worst of it like they've been they i think they made the playoff game or play in game two years ago i think uh but then they started you know selling off their pieces because the, everyone saw victor Wembanyama coming so yeah um well you had you had a great run there for a while oh for so. sure i'm, I'm not complaining 
I'm not complaining at, at all. I It'll just, come back around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I uh, obviously you've been one of my really good friends for a long time. Uh, I know a lot about you, um, but uh, the several people that listen to this might not know. Um, did you did you grow up? Did you grow up your whole life in Perrysburg? Uh, technically, no. I uh, the first seven years of my life we were in Rossford. Rossford. It was. I mean, it was Perrysburg Township. But it was, I mean, it was Rossford School District. So I went, I did kindergarten and first grade at uh, Indian Hills Elementary School, which is no longer because Rossford condensed everything into the one building there on on Glenwood Road, and now they just have the the high school and the the other building. So my but my sister in law, my sister in law and brother in law live across the street from Indian Hills. Yeah, is the building still stand? Yes, it does. They're right now. They're trying to figure out like. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know if they're going to like give it to like if the city's going to use it for anything or if they're going to give it to like a YMCA or turn it into something else, but it's just sitting there. Yeah. We used to call it because if you drive by, it looks like cupcakes upside down. So my brother Kyle and I used to call it the upside down cupcake building. I'm going to have to look at that next time I'm over there. I never, I never looked at it. Enough. <laughs> I'll wait for the text for confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you, then you moved to Perrysburg to go to second grade, uh, and you, and you lived in a house that we spent many a nights in high school, uh, sneaking out of, uh, to go do things. Um, yeah. But, Good it, things though, obviously nothing always. mischievous or anything. Always. Yeah. yeah. What, what else are you going to do at 2 AM? That's, that's the only good things. Volunteer. Volunteer. Got it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so when you moved to, uh, when you moved to Perrysburg, um, as I mean, I moved when I was when I was a freshman. So like I was aware that hey, I'm moving. This kind of sucks. I'm leaving a lot of friends. I'm trying to make new ones. When you're when you're, you know, seven, eight years old, do you remember like how you felt about moving? Uh well, I mean, I didn't have many friends that like I don't remember any friends from Rossford. So I mean, I was six or seven years old, so I didn't have many to begin with. But I actually was it's funny because we moved to Perrysburg. My mom grew up there. Her whole family grew up there. So I think she probably just always had this burning desire to get back to Perrysburg. Um, but I remember my father would take me and my brothers over to Toth Elementary School. And they used to have this old, uh, this old like wooden playground set right out there. And we always used to like beg him to take us there so we could go play on it. And so like when we, when we found out that we were moving to Perrysburg, and we were a block away from Tulsa Elementary School. Like I was like super jacked, so I was excited to move. And plus, a lot of people don't know this, but my mom, she lived by herself before she met my dad, and she she was a hardworking woman, and uh, she bought a mobile home over there on Oregon Road in in Rossford, and so she lived there by herself before she met my father, and then you know they got married and they had the three of us. So we spent you know, the first seven years of my life, five of us in a little two bedroom, single wide mobile home. And so we bought, my parents bought the, uh, the house on sixth street and it was, you know, three bedrooms, one bath. I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular, but it was a huge upgrade for us and a lot more room. So we, I think we were all kind of pumped to, to get over there. Uh, yeah. It sounds like it. that. It's, I think that's, that's awesome. So, that you. Go ahead. But well, the only thing that the trailer park had that we didn't have, there was a there was a swimming pool at the trailer. There was two uh, of them, so like we could we go swimming whenever we wanted in the summertime. But <laughs> now you got a playground. Sacrifices have to be made. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Now, now you have a playground. You can go. When do you remember when your parents just started letting you go by yourself, or with your brothers? Uh, do I have? you want me to be honest on that or do you want me to make up something <laughs> no i want you like when like right away like i'm six i'm going to play by i mean i couldn't have been older than like i could ride my bike anywhere in perrysburg when i was when we moved there like seven without yeah. i mean yeah that's just, that's all i'll say well that, i feel that, like my I, brother like we i feel like my parents i mean times were different you know but i feel like the three of us boys would stay home in the summer when Kevin was 11, Kyle was nine and I was seven. Like, you know, and we never really got, we'd never gotten in any trouble. I mean, I broke a window one time in the house, but that was it. Like we weren't out causing trouble or anything. 
Well, yeah, that's the same for me too. Like, I mean, we, my brother would in the summer, he would watch us, I guess, watch is a loose term, but you know, they, he was there, he was there. And, uh, and, and again, this is just how it was. And, and we would, uh, my, I, I, my mom was home sometimes. I think she was a nurse. So I think she worked different schedules. I I can't remember offhand. I'm sure when she's listening to this show, I'm sure she'll text me immediately. But, uh, I, I do remember just being around and I remember my youngest sister, she would, I feel like she was like in second grade and she would just be gone for the entire day. Like, and she'd just be out. That's how we learned. She, that's how we figured out. She learned how to swim. She just learned how to swim on her own by herself at her friend's house. It's because she would swim all day over there. And we, we had no idea that she learned how to swim. <laughs> she turned out great. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, again, you're right. It is. It's just a little different. And, and uh, that's just how it was. And it's not like you're going, you know, especially that playground, you know, but Perrysburg is such a like with the tree streets and the number streets it's all so tight and blocked in there like you're you're gonna you're, you're not gonna get lost you're gonna be able to find your way especially if you grow up there yeah it was a great little community well I mean it still is obviously so. yeah yeah it, so at, there was once there was one summer we <laughs> my mom signed us up for a YMCA summer camp where we'd go but even then I, I think we just it was on a church on uh second street and i think me and my brothers would just walk to the summer camp yeah. i don't think that parents ever dropped us off we'd just like walk to the summer camp and then if it was nice enough to go to the perrysburg pool that day the whole summer camp group would walk from second street to the perrysburg pool and that was it but that was only like one summer and i yeah. think my parents just couldn't afford it the next year so yeah yeah, yeah it's it, it's nice to have those uh like have those memories of of this is what we used to I'm do or put- it's i do it's, it's a cold out it's your garage. Cold out here. <laughs> yeah. I threw my space heater away because it doesn't work anymore. That's probably good. I mean, you don't want a half working space heater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, right so, around the corner. Yeah. So as you, um, so as you get older, um, I think most people know, and, uh, but you, you played college baseball. So baseball was a huge part of your life growing up. Um, and I think you talked to, you talked about it a little bit at your hall of fame uh, induction ceremony. But do you remember, like, do you remember the first time, not necessarily just playing catch, but like uh, one of your first memories of baseball? What did you, do you have one that kind of sticks out? Yeah. Well, I referenced it at the ceremony, but we were at, it was at my grandparents' house on Hickory Street. And my uncle was just, you know, soft tossing me. It might have been a wolf. I said a wiffle ball, but I don't remember if it was a wiffle ball or not. But he was soft tossing me, like BP in the front yard. And, he bet me a dollar that I couldn't hit the, the wiffle ball to the sidewalk. And, and I vividly have recollection of that memory. I, I can't tell you how old I was. I might have been maybe three years old, which is hard to like people probably hear that and they like, don't believe it. But no, I like I vividly remember like being yeah. there playing baseball. Well, wiffle ball yeah. at that young age. And I have the pictures to prove it. So. <laughs> What, do you remember, do you remember, uh, like at, at any point when it like when you're I, every kid is like, Hey, I want to play in the majors leagues. Hey, I want to be on my, on my favorite team, this and that. But where, where was in your career, where was like, Hey, I want to play, I want to play college baseball. Like when, when was that a, an actual thought of yours? Oh, I would say probably, probably when I got to high school, is when I really like, I mean, I always loved baseball so much. I mean, I still love baseball so much. It's just this, it's just a, I mean, a lot of people don't like it, but it's just hard to describe. There's, if you don't like follow the game, it's hard to describe, but I always just, I always just love playing the game. I love the strategy. I love the coaching decisions. Like, I mean, every, every pitch does have an impact on the game, even though people don't believe it, but it certainly does. So I would, I would say high school is when I really like, wanted like I had set this goal that hey I wanted to play college baseball and not only college like I wanted to you know I wanted to play at the highest level in college I didn't want to I didn't want to play at the community college like Owens or anything I mean if it came down to it I would have but I wanted to get a scholarship offer and be able to go play at the D1 level so once I got to high school that was probably that was it was definitely when I was really focused on getting there and I had to there was guys in the program before me that like Ryan Vickers, who we went to 
school with his brother Wade and I always looked up to Brian. Brian was a tremendous baseball player and he he got drafted after his senior year of high school and he ended up going to Wright State to play and had just a monster career at Wright State. But I remember when he went there and Burke went to Bowling Green and I was like, man, well, I would really like to, to follow in those guys' footsteps. So it, it is good to have um like people to like before you like hey this is it's it's because it all it makes it seem attainable like it, it makes it seem like i'm I, i'm not going to be the first one or or there there was people ahead of me to do this so it's it's got to feel a little easier knowing that these guys were able to do what what now you are looking forward to doing well yeah i mean you want to have role models and yeah, kind yeah. of people that you were playing alongside that you, you see them achieve and then I mean, it's good to have people right by your side and setting your goal, setting similar goals so you can yeah. attain them. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say it was easy for me though. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember my, my journey to get to college baseball. I didn't, I didn't get a division one scholarship offer until after we graduated high school. I didn't sign same with Adam. I didn't sign my letter of intent until I believe it was July 10th of 2003. And we started school on August 26, 2003. <laughs> so I have, it was a long process for me. I waited and waited and waited because I, like, like I said, I could have went and played somewhere else. It's smaller, but I just had my sight set on Division One. And luckily, well, fortunately, I don't want to say luckily, but fortunately, I, a scholarship, two scholarship offers came through within a week: Bowling Green and Wright State. And I got in there. What made you choose BG? Well, it's a funny story, uh, actually, because. Cause like I was talking earlier, I, I really looked up to Brian and I want, he went to Wright state and Wright state was the other school that ended up offering me. And I, I visited Bowling green with Adam. I think it was on like a Thursday. And then I had a visit to Wright state set up on a Monday. My mom and I went down to Wright state and I was like, I was like, you know, I really want to go to Wright state. Like, like I had that in my mind before I, like when I was at Bowling green before I took my Wright state visit and then, Went down to Wright State and met the coach, and they have a great baseball facility down there that I really like too. But I was just thinking, I'm like, man, if they offer like just a tad bit more scholarship money, this is for, this is for certain. But then I went down there and, and toured the place and met the coach and driving back, and I let it simmer a couple days after that, and then I just realized, like, thinking about the Bowling Green visit and. Coach who met Coach Smith and and a couple of the players and all the stuff they told me and I felt like that was going to be the best fit and it was going to that it was going to push me more at Bowling Green than going to Wright State just the the feeling I got so I I chose Bowling Green because it just I don't know it felt right yeah and, and a lot of times Not that's that, that, that that's what it you know, that's what you do when you get a job or move or whatever. Like sometimes it comes down to like, Hey, this just feels right right now. Yeah. And not to say I wouldn't have been pushed hard by right state. And because they, I mean, they certainly had their successes on the baseball field and successful players come through their program. So, but Bowling Green just felt like more of a fit and it was close to home. So yeah, it was the right decision looking back. Great decision. The best, fastest four years of my life with that Bowling Green. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, I, I enjoyed you and Gump being on the baseball team. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'd come watch a few games. We'd hang out, like meeting meeting the people, uh, you know, Barnard, uh, uh, Monkey, like just meeting these guys. Like it's it was fun to like be a part of it. And like all those guys, including you and Adam, were it, it wasn't just like, here's the baseball team. It's like, no, we're just all friends. Here are our friends from high school. Here are our friends from, from the baseball team. And we're just hanging out. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all the same. Yeah, man. We're, we all had like the same personality. Yeah. It's, it was wild. Monkey, man. I just talked to him the other day. Did you? He's, he, I talked to him frequently. Well, not, not as frequently as we should, but he's a, he lives in, he lives outside of Toronto with his wife and four boys. Wow. So, yeah. That's pr- that, that's I think cool. he said he's coming back in town soon, but we're not going to have enough time to see each other. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, yeah. And that's another thing that people always talk about, especially even when you just go to college and like meet people, 
and or or like a random roommate and then you guys are just friends for a long time and you know even even not speaking you know like you said you 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 don't speak as much as you should but you know sometimes that doesn't matter like you can go six months without talking to somebody and it doesn't you know that doesn't matter you're catching up you're still friends it doesn't it doesn't retire your friendship but it's it's cool to like you know be a part of that even uh dustin Irwin's roommate from freshman year uh i still talk to him every once in a while <laughs> no 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 uh, it was a different guy, uh, Clayton Moore. Oh, um, oh that's right, Clayton. Yeah, yeah I, re- I remember Clayton. Yeah, I was. You remember Stash much? Oh yeah, sure, right. Who, <laughs> who was? Who? How did he? Who was he rooming with? How did he I, get involved with? The, we used to play poker with quarters till all hours of the night in the dorms of that dude. I don't know where. I I think Irwin no knew him maybe from from his dorm i don't know but uh that's where i think he came from maybe he, maybe he just showed up he didn't even take classes he just showed up one day i can't even remember that dude that kid's real name i think it was steve something Ash muncher we need we need we need erwin <laughs> oh man um so so you you signed super late you said uh gump goes with you um how I would imagine Gump didn't really have any other options. It was just like, hey, I'm going to go play baseball at BG because they're giving me a book scholarship or whatever, you know. I, I, I've never talk, really talked to him about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not certain who else. I mean, I know Heidelberg recruited the both of us and then some other D3 schools and some yeah. D2 schools. I'm not certain – we went to Oakland University up in Michigan for uh, a camp once, and from my understanding, from I can't, I feel like they may have like like loosely offered Adam and I a scholarship, and then they came to watch us play our senior year, and Gump started pitching that day, and it was probably the worst game we played all year. We lost to Southview, who was abysmal that year. We lost to him three to zero. We got one hit. And so after that, we never heard from Oakland University again. Uh, so, so I don't know. I don't know who else. You'd probably have to talk to Adam. I'm sure yeah. he got some interest. He was a he was a lefty. He threw the, the heavy ball. Like I mean, he didn't throw. He didn't overpower you. But but I like what us baseball guys would call like a heavy fastball. Like ball felt weighted when you made contact with it, even on the fastball, even though it was oh. coming in. You know, low to mid 80s. And he also had a hammer of a curveball. So, as a, as a lefty, yeah, um, lefty. I didn't realize. I hope Elliot. <laughs> I hope Elliot turns out to be a lefty. Like, I got his right arm in a sling so far for the first nine months. Odds are pretty good. Well, just just uh, don't do it like uh, Adam ended up because he and didn't he say his grandpa shut his arm in the door, broke his arm, and that's how he became left-handed. Yeah, something like that. Was it his grandpa or his, his dad? Yeah. But yeah, that's the story. That's a great story, though. Look where it got him. Oh, for sure. Um, I I yeah. never realized when until Coach Hall talked about it uh, how offensively inept you guys were senior year, our senior year. Like he was going through the winning these games, you know, one nothing, two one, three two. Like all the I didn't as a fan going to your games, I didn't really pay attention to all that. I just to me. <laughs> to me, that's just baseball. Like that's those are the scores in baseball. You know, it's 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 going to be low scoring because that's just the game. You know, but when he was going through all these and and how impressive it was that every time you guys won one nothing or two one, uh, who had the RBIs? Oh, Kurt. Who had both RBIs in that one? Oh, Kurt. We went on a double. You know, all these things and and it, it was cool for him to like go through that when he was introducing you and because again, I had zero idea that you guys weren't a very good offensive team. Yeah, I mean, we had you bat nine guys in the lineup. You get probably twelve to fifteen guys get at bats for the year. There was, and it, there was three guys on that team that had a three hundred batting average or above. And was, uh, Mark St. John was one of them, and Mark Badenhop, and then myself, and then everyone yeah. else was below the three hundred line. And I mean, I feel, looking back, I don't, I don't feel like we were that we were that terrible offensively. Yeah. But maybe we were. I mean, we, there were certainly some games we scored a ton of runs too. I remember we. So 
so weird how you can remember all these stats from high school, but that's but what being a baseball player is. We're all like numbers guys, but we put up 16 on Northview. We put up 14 on St. Ignatius. We, I mean, what we scored, we scored a lot of runs some games, but yeah. there were a lot of, a lot of close ball games. Um, Coach Hall also, uh, he misspoke on a couple of his, his quotes too, but he didn't give himself enough credit on the one where, against Finley, he said that I stole second and went to the third on the overthrow, but it, I wasn't a straight steal because I wasn't overly fast. Coach Hall omitted the fact that he called a delayed steal, which is where you take your secondary lead like you normally do every pitch, and then on that third stride, you bust into the steal hoping to catch the defense off guard to start stopping the second baseman who's ever covering the bag, which it worked perfectly because neither of them were there to cover the bag on the throw on the steal attempt on the delayed steal and the ball just went into center field and I went right to third base. So uh, I'm just trying to give coach Hall a little bit of credit for that. Cause he called the delayed steal, not a straight steal. <laughs> uh, that, those again, like when you're there, like thinking about like how, uh, like how pinpoint that your actually of the, of that moment is like, I mean, you lived it, so you're going to know it, but it's, it's cool to like, hear all those things and yeah give coach uh coach hall his his credit when when uh when you can yeah i mean he's a yeah. heck of a coach he knows yeah. he knows a he knows a ton and yeah pressed, he's been doing it for 40 plus years he's pressed the right buttons a lot of the times like that delayed steel call was a perfect example because it was that was a zero zero game when that happened and it was in the sixth inning when he called that delayed steal and we, I mean, you had the winning run on first base. That's the gutsy move. A guy that doesn't steal a whole lot of bases, and then, yeah. and ended up winning the game because after I got the third, there was a, a pass ball, and I scored on the pass ball, and that was it. One nothing. <laughs> game over. Although Finley did load the bases in there in the bottom of the seventh inning, they loaded the bases with two outs, and then they hit a, they hit a fly ball to deep center field to end the game with the bases loaded down one nothing. But it was wild. Heck of a game. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember. I think it was the day of our graduation. You guys had a game. And I remember the one thing, one one play I remember from that game is Gump throwing somebody out from right field at home plate. I think it was that Huge game. Huge play, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were playing Berea in the regional semifinals. It was uh, – I can't I can't pinpoint the score at the time of that play. It might have been 4-4, four to four, but that game went extra innings. That game went to eight innings. and. We won it 5-4 on a bloop single by Mark St. John. And uh, I just remember we the game finished and everyone's like, oh, Mark, that's going to be a base hit in the newspaper tomorrow, you know? And the newspaper comes out the next day, like the local newspaper, like Cleveland or Northeast Ohio or whatever, because that's where Berea's from. And it said, bloop single ends Berea season. And we're just like, <laughs> well, I guess, sorry, Mark. It's still a base hit, though, buddy. That's your bloop single. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. That's, that's, good things happen when you put the baseball in play. That's what Danny Schmitz always used to say. Yeah. Perfect example right there. Yeah. Kind of lost in a major league game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, contact. No contact anymore. <laughs> Just try to hit a home run or strike out and get out of there. Well, it depends on what team you are. I think the, the Indians, Guardians, that do a pretty good job of they just watching them they do a pretty good job putting the ball in play and being able to they, they're really good base runners yeah yeah i did i did see that at the end of last season yeah. it's hard for me uh, i can't watch the indians guardians anymore like because uh as you know my uncle ronnie works for mlb but he i don't know if i should say this on the podcast but he used to have the mlb tv subscription i used to like watch a lot of indians games yeah using his credentials but then they mix that so now That's, i can only watch i can only watch them when they're on national tv uh okay all right yeah that's uh i mean that's today's world hey let me get uh let me get your password for this and that and uh and we're good to go i use my we use my in-laws just they still have cable so uh, and we can log in we can watch anything because we just use <laughs> use their login to watch all kinds of stuff so it's just just the way of the world man <laughs> yeah we still have cable Kelly's begging me to get rid of it. Yeah. But I just, but this goes back to the Ohio State fandom. Like, I can't, like, I need 
the cable box for college football Saturdays because first of all, it's tied into this TV right out here so I can watch the games out here, but it's still live. It's, you know, it's coming to you live. If I went to streaming it, then I'm getting text, you know, a minute ahead of what the TV's showing me, like, and it's just not going to work for me. Like, cause Corwin, we have a group text with Corwin during, and he's always like, well, your guys' TVs are way behind. They're way ahead of mine. Please quit saying what's going on. I'm like, and I don't want that to happen to me. So. I get it, man. I get it. Uh, yeah, we haven't had cable in a while and it's, we live, we live fine. Except those few times. I think we watched some baseball playoff games. I think we watched a few together. Uh, and that happened where people were just like, like we be, we're on zoom watching the game and people react. And then like 10 seconds later, we're like, Oh, that's why you're re- reacting that way. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst feeling in the world. You feel like you're being left out, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I just don't want to live it. It's, it's all right. That's all right. Um, oh, although don't tell, you don't have to tell Kelly this, although I'm sure she'll listen to this podcast, but you can, most Ohio State games, even out here, you can get them on national TV because most of the time they're on ABC or, you know, the Big Ten's got that massive contract with Fox. So, you know, 75% of their games are on Fox or ABC. So technically you could just put the antenna or the the paperclip in the back in your coax and your TV and, and get the local channels. And I could still probably watch Ohio State football just fine. But you want to watch all of them. That'll be for another day. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. miss the game. Yeah, for sure. Unless it's like Rutgers and you know those bank Rutgers that I can afford to miss that one. Have you watched an Ohio State game um, not at Ohio State, like a, another college? Have you gone to an Ohio State game at another college? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, going back to Ron, my uncle Ron, we uh, we always try to get to one away game a year, but it ends up being more like once every other year, just because stuff comes up. And uh, so the first year we did it, it was, uh, it was 2014 when I was living in Texas with the Gumps, but we went to the Michigan state, the game at Michigan state, which was a huge game. So like Ohio state was ranked like 14th and Michigan state was like sixth in the country. And we went up there and then, uh, They, then we went a couple years later, 2016, which was probably my favorite trip. We went to D.C. for the Maryland game, even though it was a massacre. It was the Buckeyes won 63 to three or something like that. Yeah. And uh, but it was just great because uh, we got to I got I took my dad with me and I'd never been to D.C. and it'd been a while for my dad. So we got out there early on, on Saturday and it was like a I think it was a 3.30. It might have been. A, I think it was a 6 p.m. kickoff out there. So we spent all day just walking around DC, walking around the mall and like seeing the sights. And, and I'll never forget that. Cause my dad, like he still talk about it to this day. He's like, man, I could barely feel my knees because we probably walked 15 miles that day. And he's like, and he's always like, man, I'm so glad I got to see all that stuff. So like that one, that one hits home. But then we went to, we went to, we went up to Michigan, went to Ohio state at Michigan game. We went to, uh, we went to Penn State this past year, the Buckeyes at Penn State game. That was wild. Was that a night game? That was pretty cool. No, it was a it was a noon kickoff, and it, I was happy about it because Ohio State always ends up having to play a night game over in Happy Valley. When I saw it was going to be a noon game this year, I'm like, oh, well, it's about time they don't have to play the night game whiteout. <laughs> but I, I want still cool. I want to go to one of those whiteout games. I think it'd be sweet. I don't care who they play, but yeah. I think it'd be cool. It would be wild. I mean, that place was still loud. I mean, Ohio Stadium's super loud. Michigan Stadium's loud. East Lansing, Spartan Stadium, they're all loud places. But there was one point at Penn State where it was, I think it was like the third quarter, maybe the beginning of the fourth quarter. Penn State had just taken the lead. And Ohio State got the ball deep in their own territory. It was the possession you probably didn't follow, but they Ohio State ended up scoring in three plays to take the lead right back. But when Ohio State got the ball after the kickoff, that place was like, it was so loud. The stands were like shaking underneath my feet. So it was pretty cool. That's cool. That's cool. Even though, even though it wasn't a night, night whiteout game, it was yeah. cool. Uh, well, before we go and wrap it up here, uh, you look like you're freezing. Um, but uh, okay. B- before we go, I, I do want to talk about one more thing. I think it's important. Um, I, uh, most of our 
parents growing up, obviously they're fans of us and they want us to do well and do these things and be a part of it and do all this stuff. And uh, my parents were super involved in my baseball team. My, they both coached. My mom was the bench coach and, and did the book. And my dad was the head coach and did everything for us. And they were always at our sporting events. And I will always, you know, thank them for being there all the time. Cause it's, it's, there's some kids like, coaching. Now there's some kids whose parents don't show up to things and it just like, it sucks, man. It, it's, I, I feel bad for them. So I, I want to thank my parents for always being there. Your mom, man, I've never known a mom like like it was, it was almost to the point where it seemed like if you didn't know her, you were the only child. Like, like you were like, she was so like into your things and always there. And, you know, as much shit as she put up for me and Erwin and being over there and just messing with her all the time, she was always such a good sport. She always had a smile on her face, man. But she, she was probably one of the biggest mom fans I've seen in, in my coaching career in my life. And, and I just want to make that point because she, she was always there at everything and she was just a huge supporter of yours. And, and I just, and I know you didn't take it for granted, you know, but uh, I really enjoyed like seeing her at your things. Yeah, she was, she was certainly devoted. And once, I mean, there's, there's a backstory to that, that I like to think like why she was so devoted to like my baseball and going to the games and, once I started playing travel ball, she was, I mean, she, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you a game she missed because mm -hmm. we traveled all over the place. We spent a week in Cooperstown, New York for a tournament. She was there. I went to Oklahoma twice in the same summer. She went both times somehow. Like, and you, know, you know, my family wasn't wealthy. I don't know how mm -hmm. she did it, but yeah, but she was there. She always had her camcorder, like from the, that first travel baseball game when I was nine years old till I graduated high school. So I, I think it, I mean, she certainly enjoyed baseball, but I think you—you you know, my old my oldest brother was she 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 had a lot on her plate from my oldest brother. Well, just like my, my father, yeah, just like, just like my old brother, older brother, yeah. Like addiction was is is ran through our family. So fortunately, my father's you know conquered his, and but it was a lot on my mom, and she put I mean she put everything on her plate. Like she wanted. You know, she wanted to see my oldest brother get better. She wanted to see my father get better. So I feel like baseball was just like a release for her to forget all about that stuff and just or at least put it on the back burner for the time being. So, yeah, yeah. But it's she again, like having high school kids over your house and just constantly uh, ragging on you. And, and, and she always like she would yell at us, but she'd always have a smile on her face when she was doing it like she like par part of it was like she was angry but part of it was like i'm just glad they're like they're here or they're friends with kurt or they're you know they're they're talking to us because you know we would we'd come in and if before we would leave to do anything we'd talk to your mom we would talk to your dad and you know and, and rag on them or whatever but but it was cool just like we would rag on trey's parents or you guys would talk to my parents like that's just how where we were at in our in our lives and and but i i, I just i i just remember her always just smile whatever whatever shit we were giving her she was just smiling through it and and you know letting us be letting us be us yeah well she certainly liked to give it back too she remembers <laughs> she used to call Irwin or weenie all the time <laughs> oh yeah yeah she but she wasn't scared to slap him in the face either <laughs> nah she'd be in jail she did slap someone else's child in the face today but she wasn't afraid to do it oh no she, she you know she was she was really tough on me though, too. Like, I yeah. mean, we caused a lot of mischief and she was, I mean, she was constantly calling your guys' houses. Like if she knew we were out causing trouble, calling your cell phones. You remember that? <laughs> but I mean, she, there's a reason she did it. And it was still. Yeah. Well, well you're, you're worried. I mean, just like, just like my parents, you're, you have one, one child go one way and you're like, Oh no, what's going to happen with these other ones. And then, and then I think worst case, they think worst case scenario because they've had to deal with worst case scenario for a, a while. And especially being the, the older sibling, I know I can speak for, for my older brother, like having to having all these issues and, and addiction and everything that it weighs on a parent and then thinking, Oh, I got more kids. What's going to happen with them? They're like, Oh, where are they at right now? Or what are they doing? You know, all, all times, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. It was real tough for my mom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, man, I, I wanted to wrap up. I wanted to talk about your mom. Cause I, again, I knew how important she was to you just based on your, your 
speech overall was awesome at the Hall of Fame. You did a great job. Um, and then I knew at some point you were going to talk about your mom and you did a really good job there too. Uh, but I want to bring it up because I, I just want you to recognize uh, or I want you to understand that I, I recognize your relationship with her and, and I appreciated her too, because she felt made me feel comfortable there, especially being a new kid in Perrysburg. You're I'm always worried about where I'm going or what I'm doing. I'll make friends, but then what are their parents going to think about me? And I never had an issue going to your parents' house. They always welcomed me. They always, you know, treated me warmly and I loved going over there. So I, I just want to make, you know, let you, uh, realize, you know, how I felt about it. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It's awesome being your friend. And it was awesome growing up with you. Yeah, well, I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> yeah, you man. got to see the the family. You got to see the family dynamic from the outside. You weren't in the you weren't in the battlefield all the time, but yeah, uh, it was, that's I a, do appreciate that though. That's that's how it works, man, and and that's how that's how good friends uh, understand each other. And there's there's a reason I wasn't in the battlefield is because uh, you didn't let me, and that's that's because you're my friend and you wanted to hide that from me, and and that's fine. The same thing with me. Like all my friends didn't know everything of what was going on with me, but. But we protect each other because we love each other, uh, and uh, I'm uh, I'm grateful for you to, to come on here and, and be one of my good friends, man. And congratulations on your Hall of Fame. Congratulations on your baby, man. That's uh, that's uh, awesome. All these things happening like within a couple years, you got married. You know, all these things, man. So so I'm I'm twice. happy for you. Got married. Got married twice <laughs> to the same woman. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. So so that's awesome, man. Congratulations on everything. And again, the, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Lorenzo. It was great being on here, and I really like seeing you doing all this stuff and seeing how much joy and pleasure it brings you. And I like listening to, you know, because I, I see all these names on your podcast, and I like like listening because I, I can relate to them. I had a relationship with most of them, so yeah. it's cool. And yeah. I'm glad you're doing this and enjoying yourself. All right, so yeah, man. Thanks. Keep it up. Thank you. Any Anytime. <laughs>